In the Pits is sponsored by Hustletown Paintball. Hustletown is a brand by Jason Tinsley of Houston that is all about representing Houston paintball and highlighting its local talent. Head to hustletownpaintball.net to browse their selection of casual wear and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a get that shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy to learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballcomite on Instagram. Welcome everybody to episode 33 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. In this episode, we are going in the pits with Mark Johnson, owner and player for AC Diesel. Mark, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. It's uh, great to have you on. I know that you're getting ready to go compete in the ICPL this weekend. how uh, how soon is it until you take off for that? Uh, <clears throat> well, thanks for for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we actually head out. Some of the guys are leaving tomorrow. I was supposed to leave today, but the weather is pretty bad, so I'm actually trying to head out tomorrow around lunchtime or so, which should be okay. All right, good to hear. Well, we're. Uh... Looking forward to uh, getting this season kicked off. Uh, I know that y'all are competing in the pro division under uh, the AC Empire, and then I know that HydraFit also just got into the pro division with ICPL, so it should be a good showing for all the Texas teams that are going. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, ICPL is you know, definitely a lot of fun, something – um, a lot of us kind of look forward to. Um, it's kind of this, this is the start to the, to the 2023 season. So, you know, AC um, Empire has been a very competitive team in the 10-man series over the last few years since it started back up. So, 
Haven't got a W in the 10 man yet, uh, but been really, really close several times. So, um, you know, we're still looking to get that win. Hopefully uh, this event could get us closer to that. So we'll see. We've got a definitely really good squad for this one. Um, um, and got some returning guys and got a few new, younger and older faces that are going to join us. Uh, so definitely excited about the 10 man. Uh, um, get to play with Greg and, you know, some of my good friends. So it uh, makes it for a lot of fun. You know, the HydroFit guys, yeah, they won the uh, pro uh, spot last year, uh, kicked butt in all the other 10 mans last year and got to earn a pro spot. So congratulations to them. You know, those are some really good friends of mine, everyone I'm on the team. So uh, look forward to watching them compete and see if we can. Looks like we're in a different bracket. So hopefully we can both make it out of our bracket and, see each other at some point throughout the uh, tournament this weekend. That'll be great to see. Uh, looking forward to, you know, just seeing everything that comes out of that first tournament of the year and just kind of setting the stage for what is sure to be a very exciting season. I mean, it's already kind of shaping up that way. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, so for those listening that maybe don't know so much about you personally, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Um, shoot for, for a really long time. Um, so I've been playing, this would be my 24th year playing paintball, uh, this season. Uh, so I've been playing in Texas pretty much the whole time. I, got, I actually got started in Colorado and, um, when I was really young, uh, because I was living there at the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Texas, born in here, raised in Texas, all about Texas, just moved to Colorado for a few years and, Got my first shot to go play paintball when I was 23 years old at a buddy's bachelor party and haven't looked back. So um, definitely Texas is is where I'm from. Texas is who I represent. Um, all I you know, I want to see Texas paintball do well. Yes. Do I want to see every all paintball do well? Yes. But definitely I want to see it always come improving right here in our area, which it has a whole lot over the last. Uh, 20 something years I've been pl playing here. I've seen it from its worst to its best to back to its best again. So um, definitely Texas is where I call home. Well, you've been involved for longer than just about anybody else in the game right now in Texas, especially. And I love that you're all about representing Texas and about the Texas scene and, you know, just playing for Texas teams and now helping the scene around you up, up north especially uh to grow into this powerhouse that it is now so uh over those years what are some of the teams that you have played for um so i mean my very young age in paintball i mean years young younger years in playing paintball um most recordable, uh, recognizable team would be Texas Storm in this area. Justice League, uh, for some really, really local guys, uh, was a younger team I played with as well. But Texas Storm really kind of got me the opportunity to play at the highest level, which is, you know, semi-pro at the time and pro at, the, you know, later on in the years. Uh, so Texas Storm would probably be the one that kind of got me moving in the right direction think about the sport in a different fashion um, that was led by ryan gray which is you know you've had him on recently he's 
coaching uh, FSU Notorious, so Austin Notorious guys. Uh, so he was my coach at younger years as well. So, um, um, and then then from there, um, I played with uh, Texas Storm. I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry, X Factor for a few years. Um, I played with um, AC Dallas for a few years. You know, Diesel played with Texas. Um, Trade my gun outlaws for a few years. Um, so pretty much, you know, played in Canada with outlaw guys, playing in Mexico, you know, just anywhere and everywhere from that point on, I was playing paintball. So the most recognizable probably in this area would probably have been Texas Storm that kind of got me my start. So, and now I'm here at AC Diesel. Uh, we started this team. Um, 2016, I think the team actually started. I started playing on the team in 2018. Um, BJ Hindenburg was here already. Uh, Mark Bogiski came here a year or so later. Um, Sean was here early on, Sean Saucedo. Um, and so forth. As, uh, so, so, yeah, so those, some of those guys were kind of the early on guys of uh, Diesel. Um, so, you know, when we played with Texas Storm, there was a, a lot of your local guys that you see now that are playing pro actually started with uh, Texas Storm. You know, Dimitri started down there. Um, it was one of his earlier uh, higher-level teams that he played on. Uh, TJ Danner, Clint Johnson, myself, Nathan Roberts, uh, all of us had kind of all started down at the, you know, really – some of the same teams in the same area. There's definitely a lot of history there. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. So that's kind of my start in paintball, and that's kind of what I do here. You know, what's where where I've been in Texas paintball. You know, a lot of right here locally as much as possible. Um, but yeah. Well, there's a lot of names that have gotten their start uh, kind of around you and the the AC program as a whole. And I know you've mentioned we had Ryan Gray on the show earlier. And funny enough, another guy that you're familiar with, uh, the Texas Titans uh, just started working with. We had him out, uh, AJ Molinari, who was the sideline coach for y'all back when sideline coaching was a thing with Texas Storm. So the Titans have started oh, yeah. working with him. Yeah. Nice. I haven't seen him in a minute. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of people from those, uh, Texas storm days that have, uh, definitely gone on to make a name for themselves and, uh, pro or upper divisional areas or just the paintball scene in general. So, uh, I know you mentioned with your, um, entrance into paintball, um, that you got started at like a buddy's bachelor party. Uh, could you tell me more? Like, how did you get into paintball and how'd you get into the tournament scene? Uh, well, so it was a bachelor party when I was 23 years old. We're in Colorado, went and played at a paintball field there. And, um, you know, we were drinking on the way there, having a good time. You know, everybody's kind of buzzed. You know, not saying this is what you're supposed to be doing when you go play paintball, but we definitely were. Um, so we got to the field and, you know, got all of our gear and got ready and, you know, went out and played our first game. And, you know, it was kind of, 
I'm sitting over there, kind of like adrenaline rush is going crazy, adrenaline, you know, just having a blast. And, you know, I'm running around shooting and bunkering all my buddies, have no clue what the hell I'm doing. And uh, just, you know, got this gun in my hand and seeing paintballs fl uh, splatter on people. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And um, one of the referees walked up to me and says, hey, man, you ever played paintball before? And I was like, no, man, it's my first time. And I said, this is fucking badass, though. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit, and the guy's like, man, you should come out. We have a team that comes out here, and they practice on the weekends on, like, Saturdays or whatever. I was like, what team? How do you play a team in paintball? You know, we just run around and shoot each other. It was just, I didn't fathom the concept at the time. Uh, so he kind of explained it to me and kind of told me what was going on. And then uh, I left, you know, I left the far park that day, you know, sure enough, you know, had played maybe five or six games and had a blast, shot all my buddies, they're all pissed at me. I'm bunkering them, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, I had no clue what I'm doing, shooting a Tipman at the time. You know, shout out to Tipman Paintball, one of the best paintball guns you could play to enter into paintball. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, we leave that, leave that evening, drive, drive home home and shit the only thing i thought about for the next several weeks was paintball i was like good lord i had a blast so you know i went on researching paintball trying to find where how what what it was all about you know didn't stop until i found you know all the local fields found where you go buy the gear went and looked at it held it touched it thought about it for a week or two and bought my first gun which was a auto cocker with gravity feed loader and steel tank 3,000 steel tank. <clears throat> Went to the local park, you know, maybe a few weeks later after doing all this research, and it was an indoor park over in Denver. It's called uh, Paintball Coliseum, which is still there to this day. And I walked in on a, um, <clears throat> what do you call a local paintball tournament that's happening that day. I had no clue what was going on. They had an entry level and rookie level, whatever, three-man paintball tournament going on that day. So I'm like, shit, Look, get, have my gear unloaded, hooking up my gun, putting air in it. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm about to go shoot people. Realize I can't play that day uh, because they had uh, this tournament going on. <clears throat> so some of these guys, I can see them staring at me, and I'm looking at them, and two guys walked up to me and said, man, hey, you playing the tournament today? I was like, nah, man, I just my first time I came out to play, and they're having this tournament, so I can't play. So the dude's like, Hey man, we're missing a guy if you want to jump on with us. So I'm like, for real? All right, shit. Okay, cool. Let's let's do it. For second day ever playing paintball, I'm playing a three-man tournament in this indoor facility in Colorado. I'm like, shit, let's do it. Um, end up getting third place at that, that, that tournament. And I haven't looked back since. So it's like absorbed every you know facet of my life since that day that I went out on that bachelor party. And I haven't looked back. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, 27 years in this deal, you know, and I've been playing as much as, I mean, as, as anybody I play. Took over every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of my life from that point on. Uh, and then during the week, doing research, you know, looking at videos, you, you name it, I was doing it. Um, at that time, it's it kind of tough, you know, you know Internet wasn't what it was like like it is right now, but we had some facets of internet. It just wasn't as what it is, relatively available. 
as it is now. But, but like I said, man, it changed my life. I didn't look back, and I've all I try to do is you know be better and better and better and better. Play, play, play. Every single day, every single time I could. I had my paintball gun in my hand. I was watching videos, telling how to snap shoot, standing in the mirror, you name it. I did it all. You know, to this day, I hear kids talk about it all the time. You know, stand in the mirror, tuck your tuck your elbow, snap shoot into the mirror, do all that stuff to see if you see any body parts. Well, shit, that's exactly what I did when I was a kid at the time. I mean, I was a young kid at the time. Uh, and to this day, I still hear kids talk about it. So, you know, I just did that, man. I just played, played, went and found every place I can go and just had a good time. Well, after a little bit of time there in Colorado, um, I found myself back in Texas. Um, job, job change back here. So I seeked out the first local, all the local paintball fields here in Texas. And at the time, there was one over, and uh, it's called it was called Farmers Branch Paintball. Um, so I went over there and I played, which I ran. That's a you know first field I played at here in the Texas area, which is no longer there. It's stuck in between two little two brick buildings and small little facility. I met Jell Stewart there for the first time and saw him playing and he had a, I still had this cocker. Uh, he had a, uh, a shocker at the time. And these guys were shooting these really fast guns and I was like, oh shit, what the hell is this? And so I went from, now my excitement and my, my interest went even higher. So now I'm trying to seek out all these fast shooting guns and you know, try to see what everybody's doing in the area because, you know, I was just playing rec ball. I was going out there on a on a Sunday buying a case of paint and just doing what I could, shooting people, having a good time, meeting people. And then I learned about uh, uh, some indoor paintball. Oh, no, I, actually, I learned about uh, Fort Paintball right over by my house, which is now Giant Sports. Um so Fort Paintball was the spot. At the same time, they also had another spot is called uh, the Paintball Factory, which uh, Tim Peters owned, which if you ever know Texas Phallix, Tim, Tim Peters owned Texas Phallix, and he owned a really sick indoor paintball field. It had two paintball fields, had a kitchen, pro shop. It had locker areas, changing rooms. It was a nice facility. Just at the time, uh, um, paintball wasn't as big as in this area as it is right now so it couldn't support itself um, and then so doing that once I found uh, you know Fort Paintball and pay, uh, the indoor the paintball factory I found tournament paintball and that really 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 sparked my interest a whole lot because now we're you know we're riding you know living 100 miles an hour inside the net you know, almost in the middle of, a, if you, if you did play paintball back in, you know, in Texas, back in these days, you don't really know what I'm talking about, but you're constantly on edge of getting into a fight. Um, <laughs> just how competitive it was and how angry paintball was back in that day. You know, you couldn't be soft here in Texas and play paintball. It just wasn't like that. You're going to get, you know, knuckles bled. You're going to get, you know, just get handled. So, it was a little bit different back, back then than it is now. Um, not to say there's a bunch of soft people, but you know, there's a bunch of soft people that play baseball now. Um, so that's kind of got me going into tournament paintball, man. I just, 
you know, Texas Storm was playing. They had a pro team. They had a semi-pro team. They had uh, a couple other local teams that were playing there. Was Smart Part Factory. Uh, they had All Americans with his Gerald and Richard Garcia, which is, you know, Gerald was probably the best paintball player in Texas at the time. Back then, not a lot of people probably know about him now, but he's he was the best at the time. And then you had Colt Roberts coming up, Archie was coming up, uh, the, the Odell brothers, Dustin and Deviet, Devin Odell, they were coming up, making a name for themselves. So that was the scene, man. And and I just got involved with the Texas Storm scene, which was Empire Paintball, and you know Empire Paintball was taking care of me from pretty much day one of my paintball career as a, you know, any sort of divisional or semi-professional or professional paintball player. So pain, uh, Empire Paintball has been pretty much what I rocked the whole time. So, and then then it just kind of, you know, from there, you just back and forth, play, I mean, literally playing every day, knowing everybody, playing with everybody. You know, Grayson Golf at the time, he would come up to the play with the uh, Smart Park Factory. They, were, they had a pretty good team at the time. Ryan Brand played on the team. Um, so let me see. So that, 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 was, that was early on. And then, you know, they had moved it up to uh, Texas Storm. And, you know, so that's kind of my early on scene that really got me from beginning to tournament paintball, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that it's cool how similar of a story you have with Colt Roberts and both of y'all are Texas legends at this point with Colt. His first ever day of paintball was speedball practice. And then second ever day was at a tournament with Dixon <laughs> Yang. So, uh, it looks like if you're, if you're going to go in, just, you know, hit the ground running and, uh, never look back. Uh, it's cool that you also mentioned, uh, the, the Coliseum over in Colorado, I know that there's going to be a um, huge event later on this year. They're bringing back the the seven man, uh, like the classic seven man with the the Bunker Fest event. They're holding their one off up there, uh, which is going to be the, and also like the, the classic divisions as well with just amateur and open. So that's going to be a very, very exciting throwback, which I'm sure a lot of people are, are looking forward to. How are they? Were, how are they able to do that? Are they doing it at a different field or are they doing it at their indoor one? They have, uh, uh, do they have two fields or one? I know um, that the Coliseum, they are, they had, I think they're in the process or maybe they just finished expanding to a second field. So I think this oh, event gotcha. is going to kind of be the first event that's at that new field. Gotcha. Right on. That'd be sick. Oh, yeah. And, Hopefully, uh, people people will go out to support it. Um, you know, main thing on any tournament that had, that gets put on is support, right? If it doesn't support from the uh, from the community, you know, makes it tough. But I really enjoy playing seven man. So it was one of my most fun part about playing paintball was back in the seven man days. So hopefully, it kicks off and does well. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's uh, also going to be just a nice change of pace for anybody who's really only done uh, like five five man X ball. Uh, it it'll be a cool different format. Uh, it hopefully introduce people to different ways to play the game. 
So, I mean, you've been around Texas for quite a long time and you've already told us a little bit about how, how it was back in the day. Uh, this next question that I have for you, which is brought to us by Hustletown Paintball, which is from one of my friends, Jason Tinsley over in Houston, and he's all about highlighting the Houston local talent. Uh, you can head over to hustletownpaintball.net and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. Uh, question I have for you is what are some things that have changed in the Texas scene over the, over the years, either for better or for worse? Uh, well, first off, everybody has an airball field now. Uh, back when we were reinvent this Texas storm. So there was a couple different stints of Texas storm. I played on the early ages, you know, and then uh, we also recreated Texas storm again in 2011 or something like that. 20, yeah, 2011. And so back in those days, 20, 2010, 20, 2011, um, 2012, Nobody really had bunk, uh, an airball field, you know. Uh, <clears throat> Fun on the Run had a field that they would set up um, every once in a while at night ball on Friday night. So, and it was more of a seven-man style type, you know. You know, everybody came out and played, and it's you know like twenty on twenty, thirty on thirty on this night ball field that was you know about the sizes of a ten-man field, and it had a bunch of airball bunkers on it, and then. Literally, the only other place that had an airball field was Fort Paintball. And, you know, if you weren't setting it up and tearing it down and cleaning it up, then they weren't putting it up unless they were doing, like, a team practice. And so we really ended up having to go buy our own airball field as Texas Storm and, and put it up and take it down ourselves. Um, so that's what – so right now everybody is just – I mean, truly we're blessed to be able to walk up to – in our area go to paintball fit or any other local park and you know if they have a tournament scene there already there's an airball field if not two maybe three you know so that alone you know we didn't have that back in the day so that changed a whole lot i used to go down to uh alex's old park at maximum paintball and um he had an airball field and everybody, another big thing that's changed a whole lot is the playing surfaces, you know. So now everybody has artificial grass, which is smooth and flat, and you're not, you know. We wouldn't, I mean, guys that all play down at X Factor Paintball Park right now, you're blessed because Alex has put a ton of work in that park and making it is what it is to make it be a staple piece of y'all's area. But before uh, that, you know, Alex had a park up north, and it was... Mm -hmm. It was rough. It was rough. Um, you literally have small little patches of artificial grass to slide into the snake, and then everything else was just rough. So, I mean, those are two big things I would say that has changed in the Texas paintball scene is everybody's, everybody's got an airball field. Everybody's got a turf field. You know, and so it, it, and, and the participation is much higher than it used to be as well, too. So a lot more teams running around from, you know, Houston to Austin to San Antonio to Dallas. You know, so a lot of more lower divisional teams than what they used to be back in the day. Uh, so those are a few of the bigger things that have changed in the industry a whole lot in our area. Yeah, well, we are definitely blessed in this uh, in this age that we're in right now with the, uh, the, uh, the growth, like the huge growth that paintball has seen in the last 
five, ten years, uh, especially down at X Factor. Um, they, you know, Alex has built something awesome there. And uh, right now to see as many teams playing out of X Factor that, that are there right now is uh, just, you know, they deserve every bit of it because they've worked hard to build it. And uh, you're seeing that same thing all across Texas right now. I mean, you've got it before I would consider, you know, Houston kind of being the dominant scene. And then uh, Dallas, the the North Dallas area kind of came up, North South Dallas. And then uh, San Antonio scene was there. But now, like, even even now you've got the Valley, you've got the Austin scene, which is really starting to kick off. We've got like five or six different scenes all in Texas and all of these areas have their own pockets of talent and really, really solid paintball players coming out of it. So uh, I think right now, and I've, I've said this before on previous episodes, but I I'd consider us kind of to be in an arms race right now, at least within Texas uh, with all of these different fields and uh, players coming out of nowhere and uh, really committing to the competition level and, you're seeing that with how many, you know, teams that are rising from D5 to D3, D2, and also the rise of all these different programs that are built from bottom to top, not just, you know, single lines. And it's keeping players in the game, uh, giving the, you know, the new players kind of the the support and a little bit of guidance so that they're not, you know, just kind of be, trying to be self-taught as soon as they get into the game. And uh, I think you're seeing the result of that with how big Texas has gotten, but also how dominant they are on the national scene. Whenever you look at the NXL finishes, there's always Texas teams at the top of every division. Yep. Definitely have a ton of options here in the area. So, you know, when it comes to paintball fields itself and, you know, us being a consumer um, you know, it, it makes each paintball field have to work a little harder, you know, to put out the best product, make sure they have, the, you know, the right rentals, the right paint, you know, the right, you know, the right atmosphere and they keep up maintenance on their parks and stuff. So, um, be, because there is a, there is a population that is very strong here that play paintball and, and they're, you know, you know, these parks do tons of parties and things like that all the time. So there's definitely, um, you know, a good competition and a lot of um, opportunity to go and explore the sport in all sorts of fashions all across the town. Yep, for sure. And uh, I think, I think especially now, uh, the number of people coming into the game, uh, just out of out of D five, like you're you're gonna see massive numbers like that. Uh, you're already seeing it now with uh, events like Bunker Fest just sold out, and I'm sure USXBL is going to continue to sell out uh, whenever they open the registration. So you just got massive numbers of players coming in. So it's a it's a good time to be in paintball for sure. Um, so I want to I want to continue on sure. with talking talking about uh, Texas Storm, which was uh, it's a legend in the Texas scene now. Uh, tell me about the origins of Texas Storm, or at least maybe your origins on that team. Uh, what do you mean by like how how I got started, or my my facets of the deal? What do you mean? What do you want? 
Uh, if I mean, if you were there since the very beginning, then yeah, tell me how the team got started, or uh, if you came in a little bit later, then uh, tell me that. Yeah, so I like, well, how I got involved with Texas Storm is at the time they had a field open here in the area is called Extreme Paintball, which is at Grapevine Lake, right on the lake, and it was owned by Dusty and Devin O'Dell and their father at the time. Their father passed away really quickly after putting this together with him and a business partner. And they were open it because, you know, Dusty and Devin were really big in paintball. And, and a lot of people may not know him in this area because it kind of stopped playing after a while. Kind of life took over. Um, so I was playing there at that park and I was playing at a, for a team called Texas Wicked at the time, which is... It was a set, like a D2 seven-man team or something. And so we're out there practicing, and I get this, you know, introduction to Ryan Gray. And the guy comes up and says, hey, man, we're having a tryout next weekend or tomorrow. I don't remember what it was. Uh, would you like to come try out for our team? We're looking for a guy to play in the snake. And I was like, you know, I'll play this. You know, I played the snake at the time. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, cool, no problem. But, uh you know, so I went out to the tryout and um, already had a, you know, had a team for the tournament that was coming up, which was at the time was, uh, it was Boston, seven man. Uh, I may remember the year, like 2007 or something like that. How old that was, 2006 or something. We're playing Boston seven man as D2 for this Texas Wicked team. And I'm going to this tryout on this, uh, at that time was a semi-pro team texas storm mm -hmm. was um so uh and it's you know to get to to get to understand why they were semi-pro at the time it would take a a lot of time but um so i go to this tryout i make the team ryan gray tells me hey man you make the team i'm like all right cool so what do we do he's like well we got this tournament coming up and i was like shit i got this tournament coming up with this other team already kind of committed to um can i entertain this after this tournament he's like it's either now or never buddy uh you'll never get this opportunity ever again um so it should be the one to take it or you know we'll move on i was like fuck it i'll take it you know so i took the opportunity it was kind of shitty put my team in a bad spot um which you know at the time you know they they I was younger, newer on the team, um, so they had bodies to fill it. But you know, still, I put my team in a bad spot. But I had to take the opportunity because it would never maybe come around ever again. You know, in this 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 in this sport, the play at the top level, it is it's hard to get looks. You know, unless you're just out there crushing it every day, uh, or you got your own team or whatever. So I take the opportunity. That that was going into Boston Seven Man. We were sponsored by Empire Paintball at the time. Um, we had this big photo shoot. We're back in the day of, you know, of back in these days of paintball sponsorships are really really good. So we were able to you know kind of do all sorts of fun stuff. You know, travel and all that stuff. Everything was covered. Uh, so we had this photo shoot. We had to go out and you know model all the new gear that was coming out and get put in all the catalogs and everything. So it was just a 
really cool experience for me. You know, first time on the team, doing all this stuff. We're flying to Boston. We're there for like, you know, two weeks. We're practicing, you know, Naughty Dogs, Hurricanes, Infamous, uh, X Factor, ourselves, you know, just kind of practicing all sorts of teams leading up to this event. And, uh, and then we played the event. I don't think we did too well. We made it out of the first round. That's about it. But, and then, so, you know, we played that and, you know, played a couple more tournaments that year with the team. And then team kind of uh, fizzled off after that year. So, you know, once it fizzled off, I kind of went my different direction and started playing with a Division One team at the time. It's called uh, Justice League, which is a lot of us local guys played on it. Um, so I played there and, you know, that kind of went on for a couple of years and then it kind of fizzled off. And so, and, that, and then I get a call from, um, uh, what was it at the time? X Factor Paintball was having a tryout. So myself, TJ Danner, Shorty, Derek Knight, a couple other dudes, we all go down there. And we try out for this team. He had probably 30, 25, 30 people trying out for the team. Um, and at that time, Archie had just left, went to Dynasty. Uh, a couple other guys kind of fizzled off. Dusty and Devin fizzled off. A couple other guys fizzled off for Bex Factor. So they were trying to put a couple people back on the team. So I made the team myself, Shorty, Derek Knight. Uh, TJ didn't make it at that time, and then kind of that hat that went on for about a year, and then uh, we decided to put Texas Storm back together, which 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 was like 2010 or something, or 2011. I don't remember. Years get crossed. So it's me, Shorty, TJ Danner, uh, Derek Knight, um, myself. Uh, Dylan Buley, uh, Clint Johnson. We all went and kind of created this Texas Storm thing, which was we went won our first event in 2012. Greg Pauley was here. Rainey was playing with us. Went two events that year, one in Seven Man, one in, uh, one in PSP, uh, Arizona, Phoenix. And that year, uh, basically how we as a team got through our years, you know, we had a um, – uh, paintball series at the time. It's called the Avid Extreme Sports Paintball Series. Uh, we also had a paintball field. Ryan Gray had a field. He had a store. And we had this tournament series that as a team, we got together and, you know, we set up the tournament. We tore it down. We reffed it. We, you know, we, we did nine. We reffed nine year between the PSP and the MPPL. And we wrapped all those tournaments from not just here in Texas, but from Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. We traveled all over the place, just us kids doing that. So TJ, myself, Sean, Derek Knight, Dimitri did a little bit of it later on, like in 2012 and 2013. Uh, not the early part, like 2010 or 11. Um, so, and we did that. We just ref tournaments and set them up, turn them down. And so, uh, so we had the tournament series going and doing that and doing really well. Won us a, you know, back in the day, that's when they were doing champs and challengers. 
won a pro spot that year, one year. Um, and that same year that we won a pro spot, we had to dismantle the team because all of our finances were getting, all the team finances between the stores, the field, and the tournament series. Well, the tournament series started not doing too well because we, we, you know, we got tired of traveling to you know, four different states to run a tournament. People were getting burnt out. Um, and then at the same sense, the field Ryan Gray had running had some, some damages occurred to it, you know, some fires and things like that that you know, caused a big dent in the finances. Uh, so, you know, that kind of uh, fizzled off Texas Storm Days. Um, that's where you kind of saw me jump around to trade my gun outlaws for a few years and then back over to AC, AC Dallas at the time um, and then my current stage where I'm at now. So, Got it. I mean, there's a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, with, with Texas Storm, I mean, they were pretty successful definitely over the years and even then you're also looking at all of the names that have gone through there uh and all of those guys i feel like have continued on you know after after the texas storm days they've continued on to their other teams that they move on to and still having great success still being you know top performers on their teams and texas storm was a special like even now with uh the amount of success that uh texas players have and texas teams in the nxl like that era for texas storm seemed um definitely seemed like something special and uh, just talking about yourself and your history not just with texas storm but the other teams that you've played on um you've been at the top level for so long and you've played on uh, a couple of different teams um both professional and uh, semi-professional, but you're pretty much always from the state of Texas. So uh, I'm sure with someone such as yourself, you've had, uh, I'm sure you've had offers to go play for other teams uh, outside of the state. So what was it that kept you inside the state of Texas? Well, um, most every team that I've been involved in uh, starting, well, not most every team, I mean, Texas Storm was something I helped build, um, you know, me and some friends. So it's nothing I really wanted to bounce around at that time. I just wanted to play with my friends and do well. And oh, Hey, Mark, I think we lost your audio there real quick. There? Yeah, there. Now we can hear you. Hello? Yep, we can hear you now, Mark. Uh, let me start back. Uh, okay, I'll start back over. Um, you know, playing for other teams wasn't really what I was looking to do. You know, in my earlier times, it was just building and playing with friends that I knew and representing Texas paintball. So that was kind of my attitude. It wasn't about trying to travel around to a California team or do anything like that. Uh, is more just playing right here, right home, building Texas paintball and trying to be the best we can be. Um, and that was my earlier stages. And then, you know, then just kind of bounce around from San Antonio to here to there, all Texas paintball teams. You know, the, and then, you know, I, I have played overseas and stuff, you know, multiple times. 
Uh, but here in the States, once I got here at AC, I just kind of just settled in and just made this my home and tried it because, you know, Greg's a good friend of mine, Greg Pauly, and he's built some really strong paintball teams over the years and been involved in some coaching or playing or, or mentoring paintball teams and players for many, many years. And he moved to Texas and uh, he started AC Dallas at the time with a couple of younger kids, Michael Diaz and uh, uh, Nathan Roberts at the time. And, you know, and then when the when few things didn't work out on the at Trade My Gun Outlaws time, you know, we won the pro spot at Trade with Trade My Gun. So I won a pro spot there. I won a pro spot with Texas Storm. And, you know, I was like, I just want to go back home and play back in Texas because, you know, I pulled myself out of Texas when, when Texas Storm fell apart and, and went to went to Indiana to play with Cody Mikowski and some other friends. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I need to get back home. It's much better home, you know, get to come home at the end of the day after practice. So, you know, I sat down with Greg Pauly and I said, hey, man, you know, me and Greg Pauly had a few differences early on. Nothing we, him or I created, but things in business just created. But we sat down one day over at Cousins Paintball and I was like, hey, man, I, I want to come back to Texas Paintball and I want to represent only Texas Paintball. I don't play for you guys. I want to be mentored. I want you to mentor me, teach me, yell at me, show me what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, because I want to be the best player I can be. So I came back and played with Diesel. I mean, uh, AC Dallas at the time, and went to the tryout. Showed up. Me, Clint Johnson, showed up at the same time. Drove down to to uh, Outlaw Paintball, and they were having a tryout. Nobody had any clue that we were showing up. So it showed up. Uh, they already had the team formed from last year, and. Um, John Jackson, Matt Jackson, Terry Danner, TJ Danner, Nico Hyde, Devin Stewart, uh, Nathan Roberts. I'm, I'm missing some guys. Tyler Spees. They were already on the team, so we show up out there and get on. You know, and we go out and do our thing and make the team, and you know, and then just continue to do that. Um, and that's kind of why I stayed. And then once Texas, when I, once I got with AC and. You know, I've played for AC Dallas for a few years and um, and then decided I wanted to kind of go do my own thing. And so I bounced down to the semi-pro division. And, you know, we already had Diesel going at the time. It was not doing great. It was AC Diesel. I mean, it was actually just Diesel at the time. And then we have AC Dallas. And Diesel was a semi-pro team of uh, Dallas. And, you know, you know what? I want to I wanna go take the reins on the uh, the Diesel team and build it and grow it and make my own professional paintball team, you know, and Greg's like, man, if that's what you want to do, I respect it and I'll help you and be right there beside you. And so I took over the AC Diesel um, leadership role, captain of the team, financing, all the whole thing, getting players. And Greg was right there with me at the time, you know, helping guide me, teach me and, and you know, we didn't have any coach, you know, real coach. Greg would coach us in the between the, the matches of the Dallas guys and ours if we he wasn't there. And we just pretty much coached yourself. And, you know, you know, so and that and once that started, once uh, Diesel started, I didn't really need to bounce around either because it was my team. I, I'm building it. I'm creating it. I'm trying to grow a team and build a, you know, professional payball team. And so we just grinded in semi-pro for a few years. You know, at the same time I was playing over in Europe uh, with um, 
with the Amsterdam heat at the time. Uh, so, you know, we end up in 2019, we end up winning the pro spot for diesel in the US. Same year, I won a pro spot over in Europe uh, with Amsterdam heat. Um, so again, moving around to other teams was not, you know, for me, it, it was all about me building my own team, my own people, you know, friends that I like to be around and, and people that I, I enjoyed having conversations with and traveling with and those types of things. So that's why, you know, that's where the current stage of diesel is at right now. You know, I, I still own the team, Greg and I, uh, Joe is there as well. Uh, helps manage and does his thing but you know and, and that's you know my team so I'll, st I'll, I'll, I'll probably play my last day of payball on this team yeah well uh, you've definitely built up this from the ground up and now Diesel is uh, I mean they've shown flashes of brilliance and obviously you know they have uh, their ups and downs over the last couple of seasons but now you we've got some exciting things uh to come for this this upcoming season with especially you know with the new roster pickups that you're making but uh before we get to that uh just kind of wrapping up talking about your past and your history with uh with paintball uh, I know we were talking a little bit about uh, the seven man that Bunker Fest is coming back with uh, in Denver and how uh, you said that seven man was a lot of fun. I was going to ask you out of all of the different formats and tournament series and locations that you've played in, uh, which one has been your favorite to play? Man, uh, I love playing all four facets of paintball. So I wouldn't say there's a favorite. I just enjoy playing paintball no matter what it is. Um, if I had to pick one, it will probably be seven man or X ball just because of the, uh, you know, the tempo. I love playing 10 man, but it's a little slow. Um, it kind of gets into just a, sh um, shooting match type thing versus, you know, like a moving match. Um, so I enjoy I, I enjoy probably the faster speed, even though I'm not the fastest guy out there. I just like the movement part. Uh, so I would probably say seven man or X ball. Got it. Uh, X ball is definitely a lot of fun now. When you say X ball, are you talking about like what we have now, or are you talking more so like the twenty minute halves and penalty boxes and things like that? Uh, what we have right now. Um, so. Yeah, just playing, uh, playing um, NXL stuff. So I think uh, NXL has done a great job in putting together the best competitive paintball uh, that we've had in years. So playing that, playing, playing there, and playing uh, Seven Man was probably my favorite. Well, for sure. I mean, the uh, NXL, there's a reason that this past World Cup was the largest paintball tournament that they've ever had. And that's, uh, I'm hopeful to see the continued growth. I mean, uh, also with the stuff with the WNXL, they're making the right moves in the right time, right places. <clears throat> yep. So uh, 
now I want to ask you kind of more about your current involvement with the local scene. Uh, last season, it was announced that you were brought on as a uh, as a role with the USXBL as a staff member. Could you tell us more about what your uh, job titles and responsibilities are there? Uh, well, last year, I mean, I, I've, I've worked with the USXBL for many years uh, since... I started playing with AC, you know, that was kind of one of our responsibilities at the time was uh, being referees uh, for USXBL early on um, as, as part of AC. So I've been a part of the USXBL from many, many, many years. Um, but last year um, was a different facet. I, uh, Steve Rapikoff uh, owns, owns the league. And he was starting a new business at the time, uh, which is called Park West Arms. If you ever check it out, go online, check out his new gun manufacturer place up in uh, Sturgis, South Dakota. Pretty cool. So he was uh, starting that and needed help because he was going to have to bounce back and forth. Uh, he needed, you know, somebody, you know, with a, a good sense, a good mind, good work ethics uh, that can help do, you know, videos and be customer service guy and help make sure that things were getting done correctly. Uh, Greg Pauly and, and Jill and a bunch of other guys kind of coordinate and organize everything on the back end. But when it came to actual at the event, you know, it was uh, me being there helping coordinate and kind of being a liaison with the teams. My wife helped me with the, you know, she was doing the paint and making sure the money got allocated correctly people were getting paid uh so i mainly was just kind of helping uh rab run his business while he was going to be absent a few times um and so that was the main facet of uh, for me to come in um as of this year i will not be in on diesel and me being the best player that i could be for the team uh so that was mainly it um um it's just kind of helped rab kind of keep things moving while he was going to be absent and give Greg and Jill the help that they need and support at the events. Uh, plus, I knew everybody that played the events, and I was like, heck, why not? You know, just go out and say hi to my friends, make sure they're having a good time and have fun, and, you know, try to represent Texas Paintball the best way I can. And you, the USXBL has been a part of Texas Paintball for Thirteen years now or so and you know what's funny is that um, you know a lot of people that are younger into paintball around here doesn't know where we came from and where we are right now so I would like to remind everybody that you know 12 13 years ago we had no tournament series uh, we had the the avid extreme sports tournament series which only put on like two events down here in Texas. The other events were Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas. So you had to travel around to a lot of places just to play. Um, they acted, you know, back then we also had the XTPL, which was JD's series. Um, but I think it kind of fizzled off a little bit at some point, I don't know when, uh, but it did have a tournament series or tournaments that he put on over it. Fun on the Run and a couple other parks that are no longer around. Um, so, you know, it really wasn't like it is right now. 
you know, it was, you know, very few far between tournaments going on here and there. Um, and then the USXBL actually became the constant, right? Was the consistent tournament series that you can count on here in Texas to go play at. Uh, meaning being in Houston or San Antonio or in Dallas, it covered all of Texas. And they did that for 12, 13 years. Um, so before that, there was not a whole lot. So what we have now is way different than what we had then. And a lot of it was due to having a consistent tournament series running every year, all the time, going back to the same parks that me as a team or you as a team uh, can count on that we can go and build our team and participate at these area at this league. So the USXBL has been a has been a you know a you know a large foundation of Texas paintball over the last 12 years. Um, so that's kind of me and in USXBL. Like I said, I won't be involved as much this year just because. At the end of last year, and this will get into all of reason why the team uh, diesel is what it is right now. But after last year, I decided, you know, we, we've, we've always done well diesel and all the other teams I played with in the lower divisions, semi-pro and below, right? Done well. We competed. We're always at the top, you know, have an opportunity to win at any moment. Things go our way, right? You know, a tournament is always hard to win. No matter what division you play in, it's hard to win. Everything has to go right the whole time for you to win that tournament, all the way down to Division Four, Division Five. So, but we were always well. We did well in the lower divisions. But when we got to pro, we haven't seen the success that you know we would want to see that, that we saw in our our younger divisions, our, our earlier divisions. So that got me to thinking. I was like, you know, we've been we've we've been playing pros since um, 2020. First event we went play got to Sunday, uh, got knocked out pretty fast, and then we skipped three tournaments and went back to the World Cup. You know, this is COVID year. It made Sunday and they got knocked out in the first round. I think we got fifth at both tournaments or sixth maybe at the first one. So we're like, oh great man, it's doing great. And then we played 2021. You know, we did okay. Had roster issues, players and life got in everybody's way. You know, life got in players' ways, you know, either be in school or work or whatever. Um, so we had roster issues, picking up players here and there, trying to find the best talent here in Texas. Um, just wasn't a whole lot that we could pick up that we felt that was going to put us in a situation to be competitive in the pro division. Um, and so we, we, we plucked away, pulling guys in from other states, things like that, and still wasn't competitive as we would want to be. Um, we did well you know, here and there. We had some events. We had some shiny moments. But for me, I, you know, in my stage in my life, I'm 47, and I've been doing this for 24 years. I need to win right now. I don't have time to continue to fiddle fart around and, you know, hope that things go our way, right? No, I need to put myself in a situation where I feel like I could win at every tournament, right? 
So after last year and things didn't go well, I've kind of saw the writing on the wall with a couple guys that were going to be leaving. They didn't know it, but I knew it. I'm a pretty smart, observing guy. I kind of see, you know, people's reactions and how they act. So I knew Ben and, and Grayson were leaving. So I kind of let that play itself out. And once they, you know, kind of made their decision what they wanted to do, I knew where we were at. I knew where the other players that were still here wanted to be. So I made a decision that, you know, after last year with everything that I did, not only on the field, but off the field, yeah, I needed to take a step back on some of it to put myself in the best competitive situation, me personally, for the team. So I decided that, one, the USXBL would just take up too much of my time. Uh, so I need to kind of step away from that. So that what made me stop the USXBL for 2023. Um, so that I can focus on myself, not have any outside distractions, or have to worry about you know what everybody is or is not saying about lo the local paintball or the efforts or what people put in to give us what we have. So I just got tired of kind of watching that, dealing with that. So I decided not to be involved with USXBL this year. And I decided on a few other facets of things I was doing outside the net to kind of take a little chill pill on it as well and, and focus on myself and the team so we can be the most competitive team that we could be. So that's kind of my gist of where I'm at with USXBL. I hope the guys do well and continue to kind of keep moving along and so providing a good tournament series for um, you know local the local scene all the way from you know San Antonio to Houston to Dallas uh, a lot of the fields that have been involved with UXXBL hope that it keeps going on for them as well because that's been a you know a real source of of, uh, of tournament paintball for you know zone paintball X Factor paintball paintball fit. Uh, so it's been a very big source for those guys. So wish them the best um, and, and hope they do well as they always have. Yeah, I mean, just speaking on the USXBL, there's no doubt that the USXBL is responsible for how the scene has grown over the last 10, 12 years and where they are right now. Um, the USXBL has been the main tournament series. Uh, yes, there has been other more local things like the HTPS, like the XTPL, like uh, the CTPL when it was around for a little bit out of Outlaw Paintball, um, and then uh, X-Factor stuff here and there. Uh, but the USXBL definitely has been that constant uh, and that stability that the uh, that the scene has needed to help it grow and mature over the last couple of years. So uh, there's no doubt the, the USXBL has had that massive influence and that huge part to play. Um, now I think that we're in that arms race uh, of paintball, like I was saying earlier, I think that's not only applying to players and teams, it's starting uh, to show its mark on uh, the series, the, the tournament series as well. And you're starting to see it with um, the entrance of another major player in the Texas paintball scene, which is the Bunkerfest series, which has already uh, over the last two years with their last two events in uh, Round Rock and then again at uh, in Louisiana with the Mardi Gras event, uh, they've 
kind of made splashes with massive cash prizes, which you have seen other leagues uh, adopt as well since then, uh, both in XTPL and in the USXBL championships this past October. Uh, so I know that you're n- not really going to be involved uh, as much with the USXBL this year, but uh, having come off of it recently how would you describe the relationship between the usxbl series and bunker fest uh, i don't think there is a relationship there um i mean if, you, if, if you're talking about the usxbl then you're talking about uh greg Pauly, you're talking about myself you're talking about jail and you're talking about um steve rapkoff so um, and then you're talking about Bunker Fest, you're more, more or less talking about Chris Rangel and his group of guys, which I don't know a lot of them. I know their faces, but I don't know a lot of their names. Um, what's funny is the Bunker Fest has been around, you know, Texas Paintball for many years. Mondo owned um, Animal Paintball years and years ago, which Animal Paintball was the place that you went to go get all your custom jerseys and stuff done all the dye sublimated stuff and everything. So Animal Mondo was a big part of Texas paintball back in the day. And so was Bunker Fest. Heck, I was a referee at the first Bunker Fest. Um, so it was you know, kind of crazy. And then I actually hosted and, and put on the last two Bunker Fests with Ryan Gray as a, as a staff, you know, setting it up, tearing it down. That was one of the, the tournaments that we traveled and ref to help support Texas Storm at the time. So I've been involved with bunk, the name Bunker Fest before, but as new um, facet of, of uh, Bunker Fest, you know, you know, it's it's another tournament series. I hope they do well, which like they're they're already doing well. Um, I I have nothing but you know high hopes that it, it kicks off and does well for the area and and has a good following on it's not something that you know is great this first one and not so great the next one or next one because for a tournament series to be a tournament series and succeed it needs to be great for five events in a row or four events however many events you have going on keep everybody's interest involved um, is very tough uh, because you know, finances do get involved. This is not a cheap sport to play. Um, so hopefully it does well, and hopefully that, um, you know, they they provide a good, put on a good show because Bunker Fest has always been a all about a show, and Wrangle is, has been, mock, you know, really talking it up about putting on a good show and got some good vendors and some good food and some music and things like that. So it, it should do well, and it's, you know, it's not too far from my house. So I'm sure I go out and check it out and see how they're doing, shake hands, kiss babies, do all that stuff, you know. Um, so I, I think I think I, I think they'll do well. Yeah, I think that there's a lot. So of, if you want to uh, say, go ahead, sorry. the relationship, or you said the the, the I don't remember what your question was, or something about the relationship between USXBL and Bunkerfest. I don't necessarily think there's a. I would call it a relationship. It's just. You know, USXBL does their thing. Bunker Fest is, you know, doing their thing. They've been semi-successful in a few things that they've done and look really successful in putting this thing together. They put a lot of time and effort in it. And if 
a lot of people a lot of people really don't know how much work it actually takes to go in behind the scenes to make a tournament actually really work. You know, I'm sure Chris is up all night, every night, trying to talk to teams and do all this stuff, just uh, trying to get the whole thing, get everybody paid, get vendors there, you know, get make sure they got the best paint, you know, make sure all the the referees, which is a huge, huge, huge issue when it comes to setting up any tournament, no matter what you're doing, is the referees and having quality referees. And that was, you know, over the years of uh, the USXBL, I've seen, you know, they have good years and bad years. And at the very end last year, that was one thing that we made a point to have is outside referees come in to referee the local players, as many as we could, right? It's tough to get them all because it's pretty expensive, but as many as we could. And so that that's gonna be a big key for Bunker Fest success is having quality referees. Uh, because if you have some referees that don't do a good job or you have some paint that's not so great or have a shitty weather, all that kind of comes down on you as the USXBL or you as Bunker Fest because that's what people remember, you know, so. But as far as the relationship, I, I, I know Wrangle. He knows me. We're, we have nothing but respect for each other. I've given him a thumbs up on anything and everything he's ever asked me about. He's always been there for me. If I walked in as his trailer and needed help, right there, no problem. You know, Texas taking care of Texas, so it's all good. Um, so. Yeah, I'm. Hope I hope that answered your questions. Absolutely, uh, and I know Rangel has talked a little bit about you know the some of the behind the scenes stuff, and he definitely listed like in terms of things that uh, you absolutely cannot screw up in with the the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, paint, air fill, and referees were the three things that like you you will not be seeing teams sign up for the next event if those three things aren't in place. So, uh, and on top of all of the other extra stuff, you know, those, those three things alone are hard enough to get right, especially on an event of that scale. Um, and with all of the other stuff now with the vendors, food, um, webcast, all, all of that other stuff is just, uh, like icing on top. And so we're, uh, we're excited to see where it goes. I think with the response that they've had so far, not just from Texas teams, but from the national scene as a whole, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of excitement there. And I think we're hoping that, uh, that it is a success and, uh, it will be a, another, um, outlet for uh teams just another fantastic tournament series in texas which there are already so many of uh and that a lot are a lot of other areas in the united states aren't so lucky to have so many options so many top tier options to go compete in so uh getting to this uh next question which is uh brought to us by fu athletics uh which is one of my buddies uh thomas on the texas titans he makes his own line of uh athletic wear for both uh men and women uh go ahead and go to the fuathletics.com and use code in the pits 25 for 25 percent off of your order uh do you have a single favorite moment in your uh playing career so far 
Oh, uh, yeah, I would probably have to say 2019 when in the, uh, the uh, Texas Open with Diesel was probably one of the most iconic or our favorite moments of all time. Um, because we were just grinding so hard. We were, you know, it was, it was, we, we called it core four at the time. There's only four of us that really stayed on the team the whole time. Um, and then we subbed in two other players. You know, almost every tournament we had two different players. So we went off and won um, the out at Texas Motor Speedway with my family there, my grandkids there, my wife. You know, everybody was there. So it was probably the best moment I had in payball. At the same year, that same year, we also won the pro spot over in, in Amsterdam. So 2019 was probably, probably the best year of payball for me. Uh, if you look at that, specifically the Texas Open in 2019, it was a great event for Texas. If you look at the pro uh, finishes, uh, the Russians ended up winning the event, but then 2-3-4, you have AC Dallas, San Antonio X-Factor, and Houston Heat. Over in semi-pro, obviously, Diesel won the event. Division 2, Grit wins the event. Uh, Division 3, I think you have three Texas teams out of the top four. You've got Paintball Fit winning the event. Texas Phalanx ended up getting fourth place. Um, And then Division 4, Greed, uh, ended up getting second place. Victoria got third place. Uh, And then in Division 5, Five Man, shut up their trying, uh, wins the event as well. So a lot of Texas teams taking home top four finishes at that event specifically. And it was a huge, I I think, a defining moment for Texas saying, hey, we are the new... We're the new kings on this scene. Like we, we. This is where all of the best players uh, compete. Yep, yep. That was a good year. That was a good event for Texas paintball for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, real quick before we continue, we've got a lot of people here in the chat watching us live. Uh, welcome to all of you. If you have something that you want to ask Mark, go ahead and type your questions in the chat. We'll get to it towards the end of the show. So uh, now talking about your uh, current situation, your current team, uh, AC Diesel, they did win the series in 2019. They played their first pro event at Vegas of 2020, and they earned the Sunday finish in their first pro event after years of being in semi-pro. So tell us a little bit about that grind, about that process uh, in semi-pro to eventually work your way up to winning the series. Uh, man, um, if you, if you, if you get an opportunity to play at a higher level, which is semi-pro or professional and, 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 and paintball is, it is a grind. It, it is something you need to commit a lot of your time to, uh, at, you know, at some point you need to, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made, a lot of birthday parties and weddings and things that you're going to miss. Um, and that was a lot that, that occurred, um, for, for, for me. Um, but yeah, we were at the time in 20, 2019 was, which was the year we won the, the pro spot. I mean, I, again, I was traveling all over Europe, all over Texas. I mean, all over the U S and all over, all over Mexico, all those years and just playing as much paintball as possible, uh, having fun, enjoying paintball. So just 
just putting myself in a situation where I can be at a competitive level of paintball everywhere I went. Um, so I was looking for a team or trying to play anywhere. And you know, I, I, I funded my own travels. I didn't need nobody to fly me or do anything. I made my own ways. And so the, um, you know, doing that was just, you know, there was only four of us that really consistently stayed on the team the whole time is myself, Clint, uh, Mark Baginski, and Sean Saucedo. Uh, those are the four core players that won the pro spot that year. And then we substituted in two guys almost every event, two to three guys. Uh, but us four consistently were part of the team the whole time. Um, so that was our 2019 grind. We were playing, we were down at, uh, at that time, we were at Paintball Fit, I believe. Yep. And we were playing AC Dallas every opportunity that we can get, which at that time they were a top level team. Um, so we played those guys as much as possible, learned from them, you know, took our licks from them and, uh, and applied it into the semi-pro division. At, the, at that time it was not, semi-pro was not a soft division. Has it ever been a soft division? Like heck next year, this year is gonna be probably one of the hardest divisions it's ever been. Um, so we just grinded it out there and 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 made made it all work and and won the championship, you know that year and um, you know that that and you know I think uh, I think Cam was playing with us that year, myself, Sean, Nathan was there, uh, so we had a really good solid team at the time. Um, so. Yeah, just you know, put you know, grinding through the semi-pro and getting getting to the the pro division, and then getting our chance that first year, 2020, to only play two events and did well at those first two events, um, but never really kind of seen a lot of progress after that, right? You know, yes, I had some glimpses and some moments, but nothing where it really like, oh yeah, we could win the tournament type thing. You know, our closest was you know. 2020, uh, when we were playing, um, uh, when it was a uh, World Cup, we probably, if we could have got past damage, we could have gone on a little bit further, I would think, because we we're playing some of the best tournament paintball that we played in a while. So, uh, but it never even, it never after that, never, never really put us in the right spots to compete for, you know, an opportunity to to have a chance to win, right, or put ourselves in a position to play those top level teams so you know and when that type of stuff happens in this division people's interests kind of uh drop a little bit you know on the team people start bouncing around or life life things come in in between and makes it easy to kind of uh commit to that life situation versus committing to the team that isn't doing too great. I mean, we're, we we did okay. We were competitive, and we were you know we were a threat you know at any person any team that we played. But you know we just never put ourselves in a position to win. Um, and so that was the 2019 year. So um, and, and so and, and then we our current stage right now. Um, I'm sure that's where a lot of people kind of want us to get to is is what got us to where we are today, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, even this past season, even though it wasn't uh, the season that you wanted, you still beat 
top teams uh, at every event. I think you beat Diesel, or I think you beat Dynasty twice this year. Uh, and then uh, obviously you took games off of other top teams like Houston Heat. Uh, and so even though it wasn't the finish that you wanted, you still had those moments of, hey, this this team can really go out and be a threat to anybody. Um, so with the last two years specifically, uh, Ace, the AC program has had two pro teams uh, before AC Dallas was relegated. Uh, and from uh, my question that is more of like a behind the scenes question from an organizational standpoint, what was it like having two pro rosters coming out of the same camp were uh was were they completely separate or were was there some level of uh, individuals kind of splitting their time and focus to both rosters uh well early on when it was a semi-pro team and pro team um we knew diesel was there for uh, AC Dallas at any point if they needed one of our players to sub in and one of our players was playing well enough that could have jumped to that roster we knew that that was the agreement going in that we could lose a player which is the reason why we end up losing BJ uh, we lost BJ that uh, I think it was one season or two two season or whatever um, but once it got to when we earned our own pro spot our roster was our roster and their roster was their roster. They had to fend for themselves and we had to fend for ourselves. Uh, so it was two separate teams, two separate focuses, two separate mentalities, two separate everything. It was basically like, you know, diesel and X factors, two totally different teams doing two totally different things, still kind of managed by Greg Pauly, but um, totally different personalities on all the teams. Uh, different work ethics and everything. So um, it, at that time, uh, yeah, the two totally different teams, two folk, two different focuses. Got it. I know. I, I think it was either the first or second event where uh, AC Diesel went pro. I know they drew AC Dallas in in the bracket. Uh, so whenever that match ended up happening, like we're. Um, you, I know you mentioned Greg Pauly kind of managing both squads. Like, what ended up being the structure there? Did Greg Pauly go over to AC Dallas and then Gel took over coaching duties for Diesel, or what were the what was the landscape there? Uh, so the first time that we played AC Dallas was uh, 2020 World Cup. Uh, that was our second pro event, and that was also the time where AC Dallas was, was on their way breaking, they're breaking up. Players were already, before I've already made commitments to make some changes. Not a lot of people knew about it, but that's what they were doing. Uh, so we played them at World Cup and we ended up beating them. Um, and so it was, at that time, Greg was coaching AC Dallas and also helped coaching us as well. Uh, so when it came to that time to actually play each other, he just kind of let us be on our own. He went up to the, uh, ghost sports announce announcer, um, area with Maddie Marshall and literally watched from up there and let us kind of just run our own thing and do our own thing. Um, and we ended up beating AC Dallas. Um, and 
and it was a you know it's like big sister big brother thing whatever you want to call it you know we just you know for us it was pretty exciting because you know they beat up on us a lot at practice uh and they're the better team on paper at that time uh so for us to beat them is pretty exciting our whole pits kind of went crazy um, so it was, it was a good deal. I mean, nothing but brotherly love for the guys. Uh, it's same if they would have beat us. Uh, but you know, it came out to be, you know, we were, you know, drew the, the bigger stick in that deal and ended up winning. And, you know, at the end of that tournament or into that whole season, they end up all breaking up and going separate directions and stuff. And that's where you saw the paintball fit guys take over the AC Dallas spot. Got it. Uh, yeah, I know there was uh, some question because whenever you're watching Ghost Sports, you would see Greg Pauly in the pits for both teams whenever they were playing their matches. So it was, it wasn't quite clear as to where if there was a divide or there was some bleed over for both uh, organizations. Uh, so, kind of bring us to the present day. Uh, you've just finished two full seasons and then plus the 2020 COVID season with just two events. And, uh, this past season you had some moments of brilliance, uh, but ultimately what didn't go the way that you wanted it to. And so since then you have made, and this I'm sure was a lot of people online watching live. This is what they're here for. Um, since then you've made some, Oh, uh, looks like we have you back now. So the, since then, you've made some massive roster moves, and you've made a whole lot of them very quickly. Uh, so you've a uh, list of all the guys that you've picked up so far. You've got Nico Hyde, uh, Shane Howe, Justin Rabikoff, Alex Goldman, Kyle Spicka, and now Aaron Rodriguez. So most of, most of those guys, minus Shane Howe, minus Nico Hyde, were also pickups for uh, the Latin Saints at the start of last season. So what... Uh, you already told us about kind of your reasoning for making those changes for this season. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how it came to be with these guys specifically. Mark, it looks like we uh, lost audio again. Give us a second. You there? Oh, there Hello? we go. Yep. Now we can hear you. Okay. Um, so earlier I kind of led to let you know why I was making the decision is so I could, you know, some of the things in paintball I just kind of kind of got off my plate so I could handle me and, you know, make my team the best it can be. And, uh, and after last year and you know, not competing very well at the top or getting as many opportunities to get in those top rounds. Um, I literally sit back for a month and a half and thought about what my next move was going to be. Is it pick up a couple guys and, you know, that, you know, replace a few guys that we lost or some more experience on the team to help, you know, myself and sure that we've, kind of been lacking for the last few years is is the depth and, and the consistency of players, right? So, you know, I sat back and, uh, you know, I watched the whole Latin Saints thing. I think everybody else did and, and watched it start, watched it 
you know, do well, they'll watch it fizzle off and fall apart, right? So we, we kind of, I kind of watched all of that and all, you know, you know, watching how we're doing as, as the year progress and understanding my, uh, how much time I have left in the game inside the net uh, as a player um, before I step out and become a coach itself and behind the clipboard. So I'm, I'm kind of putting all these things in perspective and, you know, I've watched, like I said, I watched the whole Latin Saints thing demise and, you know, Sucks. They had a great thing going for them. You know, brand new team come out, get second place. I mean, they're definitely were going to be a threat to anybody all year long. So, you know, that that kind of you know put a lot of people on their toes a little bit. So, and then then the whole breakup happened, and I watched. I was watching this uh, webcast. It was uh, the Spick and Span show, I believe it was, <laughs> and um, I think it was Spick and Span. Yeah, and. And and Justin Rapikoff was on it, uh, and I don't really watch a lot of uh, podcasts. It just most of the time, like I told you before, my internet in my house sucks, so um, I don't get to watch it a whole lot. And, but no, I just happened to watch this one. I was like, you know, let me see what Justin has to say. And he mentioned something about you know they're talking about the Saints. He's like, they asked him what his next thing is in paintball. You know, Justin Rapikoff's done everything. He's won everything. He's been MVP, been Golden Barrel winner, won championships, won multiple tournaments in multiple countries and championships in different countries. So, if you want to see a very, uh, you know, you know, a professional player that has done it all, he's one of them. Him, Ryan Greenspan, you know, the list goes. There's a, there's a, only a small list of people that have done a whole bunch, and he's one of them. So I was like, I was watching it, and he said, "Man, maybe the next thing I might do to challenge myself is to uh, step down and go to a, a lower team and help them build into a championship team." So I was like, hmm. "All right, I see what type of person he is." So you know, I know Justin. I know his dad really well. Um, Heck, me and his dad, you know, during this whole thing, I've spoken to his dad a hundred times, you know. Um, so, so I know his family well, and I know him, know what he can do. And I was like, you know what? All year long, I was like kind of seeing how we're doing, contemplating my plan, kind of get an idea, understanding, again, this, understand my time frame inside the net is very short um, as opposed to a 20-year-old that has... 25 years to play or whatever so I, I was like you know what and then after the year didn't do very well and I took off about a month and a half and I that whole conversation that whole interview rang in my head all year long and I was like you know what that's the guy I need for my team I need to go get Justin Rabicoff to help me build this paintball team better because he is the the one of the best field coordinators in the game um, you know so I was like, I need a guy like that. So I targeted him, and you know, I went out. You know, once the season was over, I said not one thing to him all year about it. Didn't disrespect his, you know, relationship with his team, anything like that. So I waited till the year was over, and I reached out to him once all said and done, and asked him if he's made any commitments. He said nope. So we had some conversations, you know, maybe two different times, and it kind of fizzled off a little bit. So. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna bug the guy. I'm not gonna not gonna bug him. You know, if there's something he was interested in doing, then you know, he would show some sort of uh, some interest as well too. 
So I kind of left it alone. At the same, same time, I'm like, all right, he's not going to work. Who are my next guys? So I started talking to a couple other guys. Things didn't go all the way that I wanted to do, wanted to go with the players. Um, was able to pick up Nico and Shane Howell in the interim of all this conversations that were going on, uh, which I'm very excited to have both of those guys as part of the team. Um, and because one, they are great people and good friends of mine, and I want to see them be successful in life and, and in paintball as well too. So I'm excited to have them a part of the organization um, and a part of the team. So, and then as as was this is going on, I'm like, you know, maybe may, you know, I'm not getting traction with guys like Justin. I reached out to Kyle Spicka, spoke to him a little bit, and you know, Kyle had some things going on at the time. Our communication lapsed off a little bit, and I didn't really, you know, like bug him too much either. So I kind of like left it alone. And I was talking to some other guys as well uh, that never. You know, in this game, once you start getting in the professional division and you start looking at, at players from other teams and bringing them around, because, you know, for me, for years, it's all about, has been about teaching people paintball, building and growing the next best paintball player in our area to be on my team or X Factor or whoever it was. So I invested a lot of time and effort of doing that year after year after year after year, after year, over and over and over. Well, this year I was not going to do that. I was like, you know what? I don't have much time. I already spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in this game already. I need to I need to put myself in a better situation right now and not mess around with trying to teach and mentor players anymore. Let somebody else do that, right? So um, Justin fizzled off. Kyle Spicka fizzled off. A couple of other guys I was talking to were really interested. It was kind of going back and forth. And then I went on um, when, when I was I was traveling down in Jamaica and uh, Mexico at the time. My wife and I was talking to Dimitri. Um, you know, one of the holidays we're messaging back and forth. You know, him and I are really good friends, so we kind of keep in contact. You know, probably talk to him at least two or three times a month. Just make sure he's good. Make sure his family's good. Just check on him. So he, he does the same same respect to me. And so we kind of reached out, we're communicating. And he said, hey man, we're, you know, I'm going to uh, I'm be in Wyoming, Jackson Hole on this certain time going snowboarding. It's like, shit, yeah, Wyoming, that's awesome. You know, me and, me and Dimitri, we've gone snowboard together before. So I said, uh, I said, man, I'd really love to go. He goes, well, then come on, man, because I got plenty of room for you. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, come on out. So right then, booked my trip that night, uh, told my wife about it, and Dimitri tells me that Ryan Greenspan and Kyle Spica and some other friends are going to be there as well. I was like, oh, sweet, cool. Uh, maybe I get to chat with Kyle face-to-face. So the whole time we were there you know, at the snowboard thing, I didn't say one word to Kyle because he's good friends of Ryan. I didn't want to disrespect their friendship by any means. I respect people's boundaries and relationships, you know, so... I didn't say one word to him um, until the very last day I was leaving. I was riding with him. I told him what I was, you know, asked him where his head was at. And he's just like, you know, man, it's really tough to, you know, you know, leave a team to go to another team and da 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 da. And I was like, I get it. I understand, man. I said, but I'm trying to build something over the next three years. I said, I'm trying to pick one player, two players this year, pick up one more next year. 
another next year and kind of build us a championship team over the next three years. You want to be a part of that. He's like, man, he goes, he goes, we just kind of talked back and forth. He didn't seem very interested. He had a real, you know, he's really good where he's at at the time, playing with Dynasty. They're winning everything, you know. But the thing was is he wasn't getting to play a whole lot on the team. Mm-hmm. And Kyle – Kyle's a really good player, and you know I recognize that, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I I, I seeked Kyle out earlier on because I knew he wasn't getting a ton of spins, and he still's got a lot of gas in the tank. So him and I talked a little bit, and I kind of told him I said, you know, here's what I did. I reached out to Justin. I told him the exact same story I told you. The reason why I did this, why what got me here, the the comment I heard Justin say on the podcast. I'm telling Kyle the same thing in the car ride. And Kyle looks up to me and says, you spoke to Justin? I was Justin on the conversation about explain that about him. He goes, hey, how about I talk to Justin? I'm like, cool, no problem. So I'll let him, because they're buddies. And so, so a couple days went by after the trip, got home. And this was like on you know, Wednesday or Thursday after the trip. And um, this is probably about... Uh, weeks ago man this is you know this is probably trying to look at my calendar right now this is like on this 18th or 19th of uh of uh of january and so we're we're you know i tell him hey man i'll be in touch with you you know about wednesday or thursday of next week and this is kyle and see what y'all's conversations about so i get in touch with him and kyle's like yeah yeah man i spoke to justin we have some conversations and then Another day goes by and Justin calls me. Hey, man, mm. this conversation that we're having is a little different than the conversation we had before is because before I was only trying to pick up himself and you know a couple other guys like Nico and Shane type thing. And he goes, he goes, my biggest thing is, you know, I, 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 I would love to help you, Mark, but I need to put myself in a position where I feel like that we could win. And I was like, I understand. He goes, and, and him and Mouse, they come, they play together everywhere they go. That's kind of why you saw them go to the Saints together. That's why you call it, saw, you know, you know, see them here together as well. You know, they're kind of a, you know, quote unquote, a package deal, you know, because they play the best together. Um, and so that conversation started kind of really, those conversations really picked up a whole lot. And so I went from having to pick up, you know, one or two guys to picking up six guys in the off season, right? Mm. So, uh, so and, and then Dalton came in the conversation, and then you know, so as Mouse, Justin, Kyle, Dalton, we have a deal worked out, 100%. Here's the deal. Here's how it works out. Everybody's good. Thumbs up. Let's let everybody know that we're now part of the team because they've already quit their team, they've already done everything that they need to do on their end, and now they're 100% diesel, right? Um, but in that interim, we had a, you know, this is where it gets kind of really a lot of stuff that people don't know about behind the scenes of professional paintball at the higher elite level. Uh, the game is played a lot different. It's nothing mm-hmm. that anybody really knows about. Is anything probably... Um, but it played at a, a whole different level. There's a lot of people with a lot of money that try to keep their elite status as team owners as is and don't let any guys or anybody come in and kind of disrupt that. So when 
when my deal started to come together, you know, I'm like, you know, how am I going to make this work, right? This is a lot of commitment. This is, a, you know, some, a lot of money that needs to be involved. And, you know, so I was like, you know, it, it's either I do this right now or I do it over the course of three years. Take my pick. It's all going to come out to be the same thing at some point, right? So when all this was presented to me and kind of put on a silver platter, I was like, okay, why not? Why not do it right now? Why not win and put a championship championship team together right now? You know, I, I spoke to every guy that's on the team and said, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to bring some guys in. It's going to be a pretty extensive deal. Are you okay with it? You know, and every one of them was, Mark, if you're willing to do that for us, we're willing to be right here for you. And so basically what I did is I seeked out to put a championship team together that could be competitive every single t every single tournament that we go to. And I feel like that's exactly what we've done. And when, we've done, when we did it, we really pissed off a lot of people. And that's probably where you see a lot of buzz going on on the internet. A lot of big wigs, a lot of, um, I would say, some of the big players in the pond, uh, you know, didn't like that, you know, this little Texas dude over here is quietly sitting over here in the corner watching, taking notes, what everybody's been doing and how they've been doing, treating us lower, lower professional teams for so, so many years, uh, you know, poaching our players and doing all this stuff for so many years that, you know, now I, now I kind of had to fight fire with fire. If I want to kind of play at the top, I'm going to have to play their game. And so that's exactly what I did. I went after the top level players and made deals and put the deals together. And now we are, here we are. Now each one of these players are fully committed to the team through the year. And our first practice is gonna be in, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, kind of a private practice, internal practice only amongst ourselves, and um, see how everything comes together and start trying to build a team together, uh, not only on the field, but off the field, so. Well, there's a, there's a lot of excitement now around AC Diesel. Um, I know a lot of people were drawing conclusions with, you know, all the same Saints guys from last year. Uh, I'm sure from yourself, I know you were saying, like, you've, you've spent so much time investing and in teaching players how to play the game at the top level. Uh, I know that, you know, for those that don't remember last year, uh, there was a player under the AC Diesel name, Zach Hill, that ended up getting uh, picked up by Impact uh, when, you know, after all those Impact players originally left to go play for the Saints, uh, Zach Hill was brought in to help fill those ranks from your roster. Uh, so I know that some people out there were also saying, hey, this is... Uh, also fighting fire with fire a little bit, you know, you, they took Zach Hill from AC diesel and now you're grabbing a whole, whole slew of guys to help, help your team be uh, competing at the very top level. Uh, so that covers just about every player except for uh, Aaron Rodriguez. How did, how did that end up coming about? Um, well, let me just touch base on the Zach Hill thing. Uh, so Zach Hill, what really, what really pissed me off is that, you know, um, I was kind of raised old, old school style. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it, right? If you shake a man's hand, 
shaking hand, man's hand is good as a contract. And so I kind of, you know, you know, went through, you know, Zach Hill was playing here, he was playing on AC Dallas before, before, and then he started playing with Diesel when AC Dallas broke apart. And Zach Hill uh, at the time uh, during COVID was, was had some issues with uh, with work. He was a, um, I think it's a delivery bicycle guy, uh, you know, had a delivery route um, in downtown Chicago, you know, doing like a, on a bicycle or something. Well, that went away during COVID and they never really got traction on a really good job afterwards. He had a kid, had a wife, and had some, uh, some, some things that he, you know, life was financially just weren't going so great. And so it was tough for him to travel to play. So I wanted to keep him here. So I made agreement with him on how to compensate him to come play paintball and help him and put money in his pocket for all these things, you know, to play, to practice, all these things. I was helping him out, you know, and I, I went outside of my, my norm because I've never financially tried to help players, you know, stay in paintball. Now I would, you know, you know, fund the paintball um, events but you know, not compensate them. So I did it. I went out of my norm. I helped them put a contract together, a uh, player agreement together that spelled out how I was going to pay him and how he was going to get paid and what all the roles and responsibilities were. So I did that. He signed it, exchanged some money. Money was exchanged right then. Done deal. He played a tournament with us um, at, at 10 man because it was part of that deal as well. And then Literally at that tournament, Dave Baines comes in and poaches him, right? After there's already a player agreement and deal in place and money's already exchanged hands, he, they went ahead and did it anyway. And, and they knew. They, they knew the situation. You knew there was a commitment already made. They knew there's money already exchanged hands. So that, that kind of uh, pissed me off a little bit. And I didn't forget about it. I remembered it, you know, it, it, which was fine. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Zach... Uh, he squared up with me at the first event and gave me my money back. Uh, so in my book, he was a good guy to me. You know, it just, you know, just didn't honor his commitment. So, you know, that happens and it is what it is. Uh, so and then as that, as that went on, uh, as that went on, um, I remembered and, 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 and seen and how these, how these guys at the top level, meaning Dave Baines, uh, Bart, Randy, you know, Alex Martinez and, Know this, you know how they how they have, you know these these high elite level teams is you know they get the best players, you know so you look at look at look at Heat right now they just picked up the best you know arguably one of the best players on ML Kings between him and Kyle Barry though you know um, Connor Kelly was one of the best players on the team and what they do they went out and poached him and brought him in now all they, all they did was hurt hurt ML Kings. And this has been going on for years. You know why? Because they have money. It's money is what built their team. Money is what's destroying every other team below it, right? And I watched it. It happened to me, and it just happened to ML Kings, and it would happen to every single team down there that's, you know, that's not playing this money game, right? And not, a lot of us don't want to play it. And, and, and I, I, for one, have been that guy. Don't want to play the money game. But in the same sense, I don't, I, 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 I don't like losing and I don't like how these dudes play it in the fashion that they play it. So, and after being, you know, struck over the head by those guys a few times and watched them start, you know, do that to others, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to strike them too. And, and, you know, 
and they didn't see it coming. They saw, they didn't see this guy over here out of right field just fucking come up and slap him in the face and, and, and do to them what they've been doing to us for so many years. And now we're here and, 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 and it's going to be a fight the whole time. I feel like, you know, I definitely probably put a target on my back and put a target on the team, which is totally cool because it, hopefully it makes everybody, you know, rise to the occasion and play the best that they can play. You know, so the other question you asked me was, how did uh, A-Rod get here, Alex Rodriguez? Well, um, once the Dalton deal kind of uh, dismantled and, you know, there's there's a whole other, whole bunch of stuff I'm not really even talking about that happened over a course of about a week of just trying to put this deal together. So many back-ass words, things getting done. You know, Impact, uh, Dave Baines, all he, they try to do is throw more money at players to stop them from coming to play for diesel um you know the, the heat guys they didn't get too far too much involved they their team is intact been attacked pretty well uh, i just did ml kings but uh definitely sucks because they're building a a really strong organization and they were a good representation in Florida payball, teaching kids, growing kids, doing a lot of stuff. So it sucks for them. Uh, great for him. Um, you know, heat is heat. You know, all the guys on the team, great, love them all. But, you know, they they are one of the teams that, that goes around and tries to poach other players, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 that's, uh, and, and that's what I've seen – a lot of the money teams do for years. It's just been a very aggravating, kind of fizzled off, and they threw freaking filthy money at him to make this deal stop because uh, they seen the threat. Uh, Dave Baines seen the threat with putting those four guys together on the field with one of our diesel guys. They seen the threat. They knew exactly what they were, what was happening. So they threw out every stop they could to stop the deal, and it, it was it was tons of money. It was stupid money getting thrown around to to. To um, combat the deal we're putting together and to stop it, and it was crazy. Is that you know what I look at is is I'm a customer of the NXL is doing everything you can to destroy my payment team um, and stop deals from being done, right? And and literally doing everything he can to to pick up the best talent in the team in, in the industry to keep his team at the top. Uh, there's so many other things that get done that just are, in my opinion, are, aren't the most professional way to handle business. Um, I'm not saying that Dave and Bard and Randy and Ryan Smith shouldn't run and own a paintball team, but Man, there's something there, and I think if others look into it, they would probably agree with me too. Is that, you know, one thing when we were with with uh, the USXBL and AC Dallas, it would just look kind of funny. It's not very professional to do that. They're trying to keep, you know, as many of the younger teams down by you know picking up their talent as they go. So, anyways, I rambled on a little bit there, but you know, A Rod came up when Dalton deal fell fell apart. There was a couple other guys in the mix as well too, but. A-Rod made the, made, made the most sense to me because my goal is to build a winning team. And I wanted to bring guys on this team to help us win. And A-Rod has done that. 
A-Rod, Mouse, Kyle, and Justin have all won at the top level. And most of those guys have won multiple events and championships and MVP players and golden, golden barrel players. So that when I was when I had the opportunity to pick up A-Rod and his situation, he's a professional um, uh, a singer. He has a band. He travels all over, I think, California and Arizona, playing all over the place. I spoke to him and kind of listened to his situation and what he was all about, and we made a deal happen, and that's how we were able to pick up A-Rod at the, the 11th hour. Got it. Uh, I mean, I know there's there's a lot to unpack there with just how the, the state of the league is right now when it comes to player contracts. Uh, I know that there's like listening to other uh, paintball media guys out there like the Spick and Span show, like Let's Talk Paintball. Um, there's been like questions about, you know, is there anything that can be changed to make it a, a more... I don't know if the word is fair or healthy uh, seen at the pro level. Uh, obviously, in all professional sports, there are, you know, part of uh, part of winning championships is assembling a roster full of the best players. And paintball is no different to that. But the thing that is different, I guess, that you see is that there is a clear hierarchy uh, in terms of the what uh, teams usually have the best talent or are able to afford the best talent. Now, paintball is different in that um, there's a clear top and a clear bottom with big money owners. Um, you see, obviously, Edmonton Impact, Houston Heat uh, are able to afford paying these top players pretty decent sums of money just to play the game, where... Um, you know, some other players, granted, like I'm just someone from the outside looking in. I'm just a, a fan of the pro league. I'm a divisional player, so I don't have any insight personally. Uh, but uh, I would imagine that there are some pro players out there. They're not they're not getting compensated at all. And maybe they're lucky to get their um, like their expenses covered in some situations. So uh just having that big of a disparity between the top and the bottom, um, do you think there's anything that can be changed, maybe in terms of enforcing player contracts, having a league-wide contract database or things like that? Obviously, a salary cap is out of like probably not going to be the best fit for where paintball is right now since there is such a huge disparity, and I'm sure that if there was something like that, that there would be a lot of teams unable to... Um, to, I guess, front the money to be able to even cover the cap. Um, but at the same time, could it, you know, bring other things like uh, outside investors investing into teams, things like that. So there's, I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there. But in the, in the near term, do you think there's anything that can be done to make it a more healthy environment for the pro league? I don't know if there's anybody willing and willing to take the the job on to make the changes that need to be made to protect not only the players but also the team owners. Now, when it comes to the professional uh, ranks, it's a little bit different, right? Because like I own the team, I pay all the 
bills, I pay mm-hmm. the entry fees, I pay all pay and I do all that stuff, right? So I am the customer of the NXL. I am the, the customer. Not 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 uh BJ Hindenburg, not Alex Rodriguez, not J Rab, none of those they're not the customer when it comes to our team and the NXL. I'm the customer lower division. Now all the customer. So now you're protecting the customer in the divisional area, which are the players, because they are all the customers and they all pay for this. When you get to the pro, let's say say the top ten teams, you know, a lot of these teams are funded by a individual, a a industry company, um, you know, our our player, which is me. You know, so so there, there's a really rich guy on the team, or there's a, a um, industry um, um, company that is sponsoring the team, like Infamous, or you know things like that. So the, the, once you get into that level, it's a little bit different. Now I am the customer, and so you know I feel like there should be some protection for me as a team owner. Um, and my investment into the into the league, um, and and once I put things together and agreements and together with players, is is at some point I feel like somebody you know you know we should we should, well, just like if you would an employment agreement that you go to get a job at that you're going to agreement and pay you a salary for the, the for the job that you do same thing here. Um, and a lot of these teams in the in the pro division Mark, it looks like we may have lost you for a sec. Oh, see if we can get him back. Mark, are you still there? All right, so while we're trying to get mark reconnected here um oh mark are you there yep there we go sorry all right so i think I we you lost you yeah yeah, yeah. Here. we lost you somewhere around with you being like the customer of the nxl verse and uh wanting you know protection as an owner and as a customer of the nxl at the pro level yeah so so those are conversations that i'm having with different team owners and and people in the league and things like that is how do we protect, you know, how do, how, how am I going to be protected as a team owner? You know, and I'm sure all team owners want the same thing, but the same sense, how do we protect the play I did for my team, but also did it for, you know, the players on my team, you know, so we can all have this opportunity to, to, to be able to thrive and play at the best. So I want to be able to make sure we're protecting everybody's interest in the whole thing but you know that those types of conversations are having uh, that we're, we're having now will it ever come transpired anything i don't know it could be years down the line but you know it's, it's such a convoluted little thing because you know you're looking at a you know let's like say for example is i have a, a player agreement with a rod 
And I said, you know, A-Rod decides to not honor that agreement and, and leaves. And I've already, you know, committed X amount of uh, resources to him and he leaves, right? Now, at that point, you know, should, should he be allowed to go over to another team? Or should he have to set out the rest of the year in the pro division or whatnot? Back in the day, the PSP would honor player, player and team contracts. Now they don't do it because it's kind of a, um, it's kind of like the right to work state type situation, you know, where you're, you have the right to go work wherever you want. You have the right to quit and whatever, whenever you want to and with no questions asked so there's some 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 gray area there that has to kind of be discussed but you know i think that something does come out of it at some point i don't know when where or how but you know i, I hope that something comes out of it not only to protect you know the, each individual team owner but the players as well too so um I, I think there's some things that could happen out of this whole situation that y'all been we've all been watching and being a part of with all these pickups and stuff. So, and in the same sense, when we did our pickups, it kind of made a trickle effect. So if you look now, you see a lot of things jumping around, a lot of players jumping around because now all these other high, high end teams are trying to fill the gaps. And so I made a play first, which caused all these other things to kind of transpire, you know, moving from team to team to team. You know, you look at uh, Chris Shears just got picked up from Dynasty. Well, that hole had to be plugged because they pulled Dalton out. So you saw Chris Shearer, I believe, made a commitment into his team early on in the season um, and bounced out to go to Dynasty because, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, Dynasty is a champion team, winning team, and they'll still go on and do great things. So, um, so that's probably a reason why he left to go do that. So now you see a lot of bouncing around happening now. Uh, because some of the plays that we made. If I wouldn't have made that play first and somebody else made the play, which is already going to happen, it's, things are already being talked to, talk about happening, then you would have, we would have saw you know, the, uh, another trickle effect. And I may have kind of been on the short end of the stick in, in that situation where maybe I lose players because of other plays that got made first. So... Got it. Uh, I'm. It surprises me that the league doesn't enforce uh, player agreements uh, currently. Um, you would think that with uh, the with the current landscape, that it would make sense to have things such as the player agreements and uh, and to protect those teams. Like, sure, you can go leave, but either like maybe include like a buyout clause or things like that, or just, Hey, you have to sit out if you're not going to play the rest of the season, but you would think that there are, there's definitely room to make that, uh, make that landscape a lot more healthy in the pro league and, uh, much more com competitive or, or not, com not, I guess, competitive, but more, uh, fairly competitive for, for those lower teams where it's not just, Hey, they, they find this new talent, they build them up and then they just get poached and there's no form of compensation or protection for them. So I, I think something that, and it, and it won't, and it, and it would stop. go ahead. And, and it wouldn't stop. They're, they're going to, they're going to continue to do that year after year after year. If you if you have a good player on your team that is you know getting some looks and you know doing really well at the tournaments and and making a name for himself 
eventually somebody is going to see it and offer him some money and pick him up. And, and again, now that team suffers. And now you're having to go look at the next you know, play, local player at your paintball park and try to pick them up. And, and, and it's, just, it's just tough at this level to put wins up without experience and knowledge of the game. And so to bring an entry level or a, a, you know, a really good semi-pro player up in the pro and, and think that you're going to win is, is, is a far-fetched goal. Uh, so you know, these guys that are winning right now, if you look, there's not a lot of teams that have put W's up right now, you know, and, and those teams that are winning have the most – and so I just wanted to put my team in a situation where we have the experience level on our team and we put ourselves in a winning situation, you know, for, for the guys, you know, for, for Mark Brzezinski, for B.J. Henneberg, Andy Horbath, you know, those guys, Nathan Roberts, Clint Johnson, myself – you know, I want, I, we want to be in a situation where we can put ourselves in a competitive situation and have an opportunity to win. You know, if we don't get there on those Sunday matches, we'll never have a chance. So now I feel like that, you know, we had that chance because I feel like we will be in those Sunday matches um, to have our chance to win. So now we're kind of writing. For me personally, I'm writing the last chapter of my paintball career, you know, over the next few years is how many wins can I put up between now and the time I hand the cleats up, right? And for guys like Mark and BJ and Andy Horbath and, you know, um, and Nathan Roberts and, and Clint Johnson and, you know, Logan Hansel actually is going to be a part of the team this year as well. Uh, for those guys, you know, they're writing, you know, a, 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 one of their chapters of their paintball career because they're still pretty young in the sport. So, you know, and, that's kind of reason why we did what we did, you know, and why I did what I did. Yep. Well, there's, um, there's a lot of room for growth there. And I, I think that, um, for those players that are still writing their chapters in their career, um, just going forward, if the league or maybe the, a group of owners or even a group of players, if there gets to be a little bit more organization there, I think, that uh, if they cr- end up finding a way to create this a system uh, that ends up being a lot more healthy for the scene as a whole, I think it will be just uh, great things for uh, the popularity of the sport. Uh, so Mark, uh, we do have, let's see a few questions in this live chat here that I would like to get to before we wrap it up. Um, yeah. Let's see. There's, there's, uh, shout out to Verbal uh, in the chat, just uh, bringing up a lot of really great points about oh, uh, player contracts. Um, let's see, Brandon Allison is also in here in the chat. Um, so let's see, question uh, from Chris Isaacs in the chat is he's asking, so recently I had Ryan Brand on the show and one of the stories that he talked about, which was, I think he said it was his last event that he played a speedball tournament, was an event uh, down in Brownsville where it ended up being an open event or something where mm-hmm. uh, like the, the prize, yeah. there was like $3,000 cash prize. And then uh, they kind of drove up Assholes. without telling anybody. <laughs> Just uh, tell, tell me what that yeah. was like for you and your squad. 
Yeah, so uh, there was this tournament going on down in the valley, and it had three or four thousand. I don't remember what the cash prize was, and we're like, you know, we're gonna take this. It's like a nine-hour drive from here down there, and we had Texas Storm guys at the time, so I was like, you know what, we're gonna go down here and kind of sign up as this one-off team or whatever, and go down there and steal everybody's money and piss everybody off, right? So we're driving down there and everything, and we get down there and freaking Ryan Brand and, God, was it Archie? I don't remember who else he had on the team. Literally show up down there and beat us in the tournament. And they ended up getting first, taking all the money, and we went home with freaking loaders at the time. I was like, you sons of bitches. But yeah, he got me on that one. Uh, I love it. Love it. All right, uh, let's see. <laughs> Um, let's see, I think there was one more question here somewhere. I got to scroll back a little bit. Uh, let's see, uh, question from Pate Smith, totally unrelated to paintball. Uh, he asks, uh, Mark, will your company have a booth at Texas apartment association event coming up in Dallas? Yes, we'll do. Oh, I know Peyton. He is, uh, he's a paintball player as well too. So yeah, we will. We'll definitely be at all the um, the the uh, apartment association trade shows for sure. Cool. And then uh, a couple of other guys in the chat just uh, when you were talking about uh, you and Clinton y'all's history, just them joking uh, the the very common misconception of oh your son Clint Johnson uh, going around everywhere with you. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard uh, dozens mm-hmm. of times now. Uh, um, yeah, so Clint and Ashton Johnson, obviously, we all three had the same last names, but um, we played paintball together for so many so many years, uh, and it was always kind of like, you know, I was the dad and they were the, the, the sons, right? You know, and mm-hmm. that's just because I was an older guy and they were younger, and so we just kind of went there with that the whole time, and, you know, you know rest in peace, Ashton Johnson, but, you know, he was he was a he was a good kid and and so was Clint and we just kind of drove man we we put so many miles on my truck all the time we travel traveling around everywhere playing paintball together uh, from San Antonio to Houston to Louisiana to Missouri to Kansas Oklahoma those kids would drive me everywhere so it was almost like I was like their paintball dad um, and so that's kind of how that happened and then Clint you know he he. Um, you know, Clint was my best, his my best man in my wedding. I was his best man at his wedding, and so we're just really close. And uh, I wish him the best, and he wishes me the best in life and everything as well. So we're just, you know, he called me up right now, and I'll leave the house and handle business, whatever he needs me to do. So we just got that type of relationship. For sure. Uh, all right. Last question from the chat. Uh, it's from Brandon Allison. Uh, he's asking, how often do you think your new pickups will be out at fit? And do you think any of the divisional guys will get any opportunities to learn from them? Oh, of course. Yeah. The, these guys are an open book type people. Wouldn't have them here if they weren't uh, willing to help the community and help our community at Paintball Fit. So definitely, definitely part of my plan is to get them out to to be a part of our paintball community out paintball fit 
Uh, the, the, they will be out. We will all be out of Payball Fit almost before every event unless we get a, a um, practice uh, invite to a different state before the event. Uh, as of right now, I have two practices already kind of lined up out of Payball Fit. Uh, one is going to be February 11th and 12th. That's going to be an internal practice. We're just going to kind of practice amongst ourselves. Payball Fit has allowed me to uh, get one of their paintball fields uh, and just for ourselves. So we'll be out there on those two days. If anybody wants to come out and kind of see all the guys and shake their hands or probably give out autographs and jerseys and good stuff like that. So uh, come out, take pictures, do all that. And then uh, the following weekend, we'll be down at, uh, we'll be off the following weekend. And then on February the 25th and 26th, we're heading down to uh, X Factor Paintball. So we'll be playing those guys. That's the second weekend before the event, which is not a layout weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll be practicing X Factor on the 25th and 26th. And then on the 4th and the 5th, we'll be out at Paintball Fit uh, practicing again. We don't have a pro team lined up, so we'll probably be just playing amongst the uh, just a Paintball Fit semi-pro line. Uh, just work, trying to really work internal as much as we can to, to uh, work out any bugs as much as possible before we get to the big show. Awesome. I know that uh, talking with Ryan Brand, there's definitely been a shakeup with going to only one layout weekend and how teams are having to adjust to only, you know, losing that extra uh, week worth of, uh, you know, time on the layout. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, I think. Um, so yeah, I'll, yeah. Uh, I'll be looking forward to y'all coming down to X Factor, getting to see y'all, getting to watch uh, some high, you know, top tier level paintball. Uh, so yeah, we got it's gonna be exciting for sure. Uh, so this last question is uh, a question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Uh, it's brought to us by Get That Shot, who's a uh, NXL Pro Media guy. He also uh, does a lot of videos and photos uh, in USXBL, and he's now going to be at all of the BunkerFest and NXL events for the full series. So message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram if you're needing media coverage at either BunkerFest or NXL. And uh, I believe he's going to be at the San Antonio USXBLs as well. I'm not sure on that just yet. Uh, so, Mark, are there is there anybody involved in the paintball scene in Texas, either teams, players, brands, projects, field owners, tournament series, anybody in Texas that deserves more recognition? Oh man. Um, I mean the field owners, I mean, it, it, the, those are the recognitions that we need to, you know, paintball fit JD and his wife, uh, Alex Martinez, Vanessa and her family over at Official Paintball. Um, the guy, what the, you know, just anybody that opens and runs a paintball facility, you know, much respect to that 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 group, uh, because if, without that, we wouldn't be where we are today. And you know, before I leave, I'd like to definitely uh, thank all the sponsors that helped me kind of do what I do, and um, you know, Greg Pauly and the, the the support that he gives me every single day. And he couldn't do it without, we couldn't do it without the support from Billy Saransky um, and those guys there. Um, but, you know, Empire Paintball, GI Sports, Shocker Paintball, uh, Freak, Freak Paintball, uh, Powerhouse Paintball, Paintball Fit, CJ's Paintball, Nebraska Paint in Nebraska, Fun on the Run, Arc Paintball, Arc Anodizing, uh, Verbal, all the stuff that he helps us out with all the time. 
puts us, makes us look good, smell good, all that good stuff. Uh, Yoast Designs, go compete for all the jerseys designs that they help us with. Um, so, man, we're just really excited. Uh, thank you very much for allowing me to come on to your show and um, you know, tell my story. Probably wasn't as exciting as it was on the other, on the others because it was kind of fresh. But you know, I you know for all the fans and all the you know the paintball community here in Texas, you know, much respect, much love. Hope that you you um, you know enjoy the show that we're going to put on and and um, mainly just doing it for Texas paintball, man. So. Um, Hopefully the, everybody appreciates it, and um, you know, thank you for having me on and being a part of your show. And thanks for doing what you're doing to help kind of bring Texas paintball into a light. Um, definitely um, a lot of respect for that too. The um, you know, yeah. Well, I, oh, I appreciate somebody it. just sent me. Oh somebody yeah. Just sent, somebody just sent me sent me a picture of us playing down at that tournament in the Valley. <laughs> this Chris, Chris Isaac guy. That's funny. Yeah. He says that, uh, he, <laughs> I, I think he was at that event as well. Uh, he was, he was competing with one of the other teams that was yeah. there. Nice. Yeah. Appreciate the picture. Awesome. All right. Uh, yeah, Mark, I appreciate the support. I mean, I'm just here to, there's so many, awesome individuals that are involved in the Texas paintball scene and really is paintball as a whole. And I know that, you know, the paintball players and community, they aren't the best at, uh, kind of getting out and, uh, getting out of their small little cave or their little scenes and, uh, really learning about who, you know, all the other awesome people out there doing awesome stuff. So I'm, I'm just here trying to help everybody tell their story and, uh, get the, get a little bit more recognition for the awesome things that they do. Uh, so yeah, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors before we sign off, uh, FU athletics, get that shot paintball Kumite, which is Colt Roberts, uh, training regimen that he's offering to divisional players, uh, down at X factor. And then of course, uh, compete and, uh, hustle town paintball. So y'all thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this has been, uh, this is my first show that I'm doing on YouTube. I switch live stream platforms. I think it's going really well so far. Uh, so everybody be sure to go follow Mark. That's at M Johnson TX three on Instagram. Also go follow AC diesel. That's uh, AC diesel PB underscore on Instagram. Uh, what other guests would you like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit the subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here now on YouTube and recordings posted uh, to Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify the next day. Uh, we will see you guys next week for episode 34 where we're going to have uh, Jared Sherman, who's a member of the newest pro team in the NXL, uh, Austin Notorious. So, y'all, we will see you then. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.